Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. The Seahawks have taken their first loss of the season, and they do it while ruining a 15-0 September home record by Pete Carroll with a 33-27 loss to the New Orleans Saints. An incredibly frustrating loss, especially considering how the game played out. Before we get too far into the show, if this is your first time listening, well, one, why did you decide to start listening after a loss? Two, welcome aboard. And three, you can subscribe to this show as well as any other NFL team podcasts on SB Nation at sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. And joining me to discuss the loss and some of our frustrations as well as some of the positives, Ross Bell of the First and Ten NFL podcast as well as the Seahawks podcast UK. Ross, how you doing? Very good. I've, I'm glad I've had... A whole data process. What happened last night? I needed. I needed that for me too. I know. Right after a game, it's it's good to get these recaps in. But after a loss, yeah. sometimes, especially when it's one like this, you just need a day to think about it and what does it mean? How do I really feel about this? You don't really want to jump into it and and uh, and react too emotionally right afterward. No, exactly. Yeah. When Michael Thomas scored that one yard touchdown, uh, my wife told me she was going to go to bed because my negativity was um, getting on her nerves too much. So she went to watch the fourth quarter on the iPad in bed and left me to stew in my own uh, anger downstairs. Uh, yeah, that, that's probably a safe way to do it. I, I was at the stadium for this game, and gosh, that, what a game to be at because not only just was it a terrible way for the Seahawks to get started uh, early on in this game, but just sitting out in the rain through the entire <laughs> thing. You know, thank goodness it wasn't, uh, you know, it stayed above that 60 degree Fahrenheit mark. So uh, it wasn't super cold, but yeah, just sitting in the rain. It just, it wasn't a good experience for us. It wasn't a good experience for the team. And I, I kind of want to go through this though and, and kind of get our, our thoughts and feelings out about this game and, and really what it means for the team going forward. Because, you know, if you would have told me three weeks in to the NFL season that the Seahawks were going to be 2-1 and one after playing on the road once and playing two home games and knowing that they were playing Pittsburgh and New Orleans, I probably would have taken that 2-1 and one before the season started. But with the circumstances being that Roethlisberger goes out hurt, Drew Brees goes out hurt, it feels like the Seahawks should be 3-0 and oh, uh, after uh, you know going 2-0 and oh to start the season. Yeah, definitely. This was the one preseason. This one looked like maybe possibly the first loss. The Saints were looking strong after coming off what should have been a Super Bowl run last year. But yeah, after going two and nine those two games and then facing a, a Drew Brees less Saints, it was all lining up perfectly to head to Arizona three and zero and not to knock those guys off as well. But it didn't start well and it just uh, carried on that way, didn't it? Well, and, and the Seahawks, you know, they they lose the coin toss. They get the ball first. And right out the gate, the very first play, Will Disley, <laughs> block of the back, 10-yard penalty, backs him up. And, you know, that's just not the way, because you know right after that happens, just the way the Seahawks operate when they get a yeah. penalty on the very first play, then you know that uh, they're just going to run a couple plays and it's probably going to be a three and out. Yes, that's, that's exactly what I thought. As soon as Disney did that block in the back, I thought, right, it's going to be a little handoff run inside two yards, uh, an incomplete pass, and then that's it. We're going to punt away. But yeah, we got we got five yards back. Will Disley gained some of them back straight away. Carson ran for two yards. Did he slip on that one? Because he slipped 
basically every time he tried to run <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that was one of his slips because I, <laughs> I think like his first, at least three of his first four carries before he changed his shoes uh, were slips. And he was slip sliding all over the place. But they showed on the TV that he had so much tape around his boot, uh, around his uh, cleats that the actual studs in them can't have been going too far into the ground because there was so much tape that it lowered the bottom of his uh, boot. There was something that wasn't right, and and clearly he had struggles right away. Because um, no one else was slipping. Yeah, rough day overall for him. I'm sure you know we're going to get to another big play of his that that kind of uh, set things off for the day. But uh, you know they they punt the ball, and it was it was a good punt initially on the on the first time. You know I think it went to the thirty, but then Ben Burkirvan uh, called for the false start. And then they got a repunt, and then it's not a good punt, and it's a touchdown by the Saints. Yes, uh, Deontay Harris is electric, and he he reminded me of an early early career Tyler Lockett, the way he just weaved his way through our defenders and like they weren't even there. He he was barely touched. Oh yeah, the, there are a couple guys. I think um, first player. Oh, the first player there was our fullback Nick Ballore. Didn't even <laughs> get a finger on him. <laughs> that's unacceptable if you're the first guy there you've got at least a, a slightly adjusted run instead it was like a Sebastian Janikowski attempt and <laughs> it's just not good yeah, I'm here it'll do but yeah I said to my wife that, that we used to be so good at chasing down punts there'd been that, the, the season we won the Super Bowl I think we had like no return yards at all that year and it's just been a gradual decline uh, it was slightly brought back by Hugo Amadi later in the game with a fantastic uh, special teams block uh, tackle but yeah, it might have been the special good. teams highlight of the game, but yeah, definitely not in this case. And I think you're right. I think you know, maybe looking back at this, Bloor was kind of looking up in the air because it was almost like he was surprised that it was kicked that short. And then by the yeah. time he had a chance to look up to see if the ball was actually coming, and mm. then it was it was in the hands of the returner, Harris, and, and then he's off to the races. Took him no time at all to get the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was there pretty quick. I don't know, you probably didn't see because you were at the game, but the Seahawks Twitter during this game was absolutely wild. People were saying that Dixon Dixon's finished, he's, uh, he can't kick like he could kick last year. This is Wilson's fault for not getting us going early enough. It's like, oh my yeah. God. Well, you know, <laughs> so now Michael Dixon is, let's see, how many other guys who, you know, regressed a little bit? Oh yeah, Shaquille Griffin, uh, you know, because he was washed up last year. Uh, I yeah. think Chris Carson's finished. Never should never play another snap for the Seahawks. I saw. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know that's that's par for the course because you go back to Jermaine Curse. You know, every other year was kind of a, a down year for him, and so yeah. every time a guy has a down year, you know, may as well be time to get rid of him. But it was, you know, it was a contrast though between punters because Dixon had yes. his struggles in this game. And Morstead for the Saints. Holy smokes, he was punting inside the five yard line. Having it roll out at the two, yeah, he got the, he got the the luck of the bounces. Certainly, the, the, that first one bounced three times and just rolled out of the two yard line. It's unbelievable. And the way the offense started, there is absolutely no confidence that we get anything going from the two yard line. I want I, I do want to talk about the, those couple plays where they were pinned down deep, but you know we'll go back to the Seahawks third drive because yeah, that the first drive, obviously they have to punt it away. The second drive, they get the ball back. Really the only thing that happens on that second drive is David Moore who uh, coming back in week three yeah. uh, has that big catch on third down 28, 29 yards down the field. Good catch by him. 
Uh, they yeah. end up having to punt it away again. And then the third drive, you got another big play to Tyler Lockett down the field on, on third and five, a 32-yard hit. Carson has a 16-yard run. They're able to you know get it down inside the, inside the red zone. And a nice pass by Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett in the back of the end zone. Yeah, Lockett was... Well, it, it rhymes with Rocket. He was that like that all day. He was fantastic. I th- did he have a career game in the end? He did. He yeah. got 154 yards on 11 receptions. 11 receptions, which broke his career high that he set last week with 10. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was having a he was having the, the freedom of central infield to run into. They were they were trying to cover him, but he was always open. It reminded me again, like early early career Lockett. He was wide open and. I don't want to say this too loudly, but he's making me not miss Doug Baldwin that much. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say that too loudly. <laughs> I know. It seems like heresy to say that, but he's been amazing so far. He did. And it was nice that on the broadcast, you know, they point out what a nice route it was for him to go and, and stop and, and then just break out to the corner of the end zone and Russell able to hit him. So they get the touchdown. And so by that time, you know, it's they're up 7-7. You kind of feel good because they've... They, they've now recovered from that early special teams play. Saints offense wasn't looking great. The, the couple of plays that they had. No, I penalties, thought, yeah. just crazy penalties for the Saints early on. Yeah, it was the first couple of drives. The, the, the refs were kind of ruining the game for me. It was just so many flags. It's becoming that you can't touch someone in what is a contact sport. It's ridiculous. I know. And they were talking about how the officials were trying to make a, the a, a conscious decision to call fewer holding penalties, but it uh, it didn't really show seems up the opposite. Yeah. It really does seem the opposite to that. But yeah, I was I was happy. I thought seven seven. Teddy Bridgewater has not. He's not even trying to target his wide receivers. He's just throwing little passes to Kamara or Kamara's running, and we had him kind of bottled up early on. So it was up until seven minutes left in the second quarter, where it's tied seven seven. You know, the, another Morstad punt to pin the Seahawks inside the five. But, you know, they get they get a few yards. And then on second and six, Chris Carson breaks free. It looks like it's going to be a huge run down the field. And at the end, he just it gets the ball punched out. And the Saints able to return it for an easy touchdown. And uh, they miss, miss the extra point, but they go up 13-7. This was so close. Have you seen the replay back today? It was so close. <laughs> his left knee was like a millimeter from the ground when that ball leaves his arms. It's so annoying. Well, and it's so annoying because he's doing so well to protect the football up until the guy trips him up. And then <laughs> as he's falling, he he reaches out his left arm to to brace himself from hitting the ground. And as he puts his left arm out, his right arm goes out and just makes the ball just perfectly available for Eli Apple to punch the ball out. Yeah, it's it's a it's a perfect defensive play. It's one we've seen our defensive backs over the years perform to, to this level as well. It's just annoying when it goes against you. Right, and I don't know how you you keep because I I think that's just going to be kind of a a natural tendency as you're falling. To, to yeah, you have to put your arm down. The, <laughs> well, you have to put your arm out in front of you, but you also have to try and keep the other arm tucked. And yeah. third game in a row, you know that you know that Chris Carson has the talent. Yes, but you can't yeah. be giving up the football. No, it's Kristen Michael. We had this for years of him. <laughs> we don't want this again. No, no, you don't. Chris Carson should be carrying that ball everywhere, tucked as tight as he can this week. 
And that sounded like that's what he was doing last week too. So, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things that now he has a reputation for it. And now the other team knows to look for it. And so yeah. it, it makes it, I think that much more likely that it's going to happen. Yeah. They know they can target him for this. And it's, it, it almost seems like he's got too much on his plate now because he was concentrating so much on holding onto that ball that he's losing his foot in. And then when he does hop, keep his foot in, the ball comes out. It's uh, He just needs to kind of uh, relax a bit and just play the game he was playing last year, just run dudes over. And I think we saw that on the next drive where the Seahawks get the ball back. They're they're going down the field. Russell gets a big 18-yard run. And then Russell gets you know nearly another first down, eight or nine yards. It looked mm. like he... Practically, that didn't look like a very good spot on on that particular drive. No, that was that was definitely short. But then, so they have it on on third and one. Mm-hmm. Carson can't get the first down. They give it to him again on fourth down. Not even close. Loses a yard. So you're yeah. then at this point you're going, gosh, is he? Yeah, is he concentrating so much on holding the football, on keeping his footing that he can't just put his head down and and get into the line on the fourth down? It, it looked like there were blocking issues there too, so it, so I don't necessarily put it on him all the way, but you know, on that third down, he was he was hitting the hole pretty hard, and I I just it frustrates me as a fan when there's footing issues, there's fumble issues, and now you can't even get these you know third and shorts, which. He has been really solid on. Yeah, I mean, he's the best option on third and fourth down with one yard to go, but ProSize had had taken the rest of that series and had looked... He's never going to be a running back straight out of the middle. He's going to be one that flexes out and catches the ball more than often. But he was getting five yards a a pop, basically, with these little swing passes, which was all we seemed to do in the first half, these little swing passes to running backs. Why not try that again? Why not? It doesn't make any sense to just try and run straight up the middle. That's where all the guys are. <laughs> run into space. It was really at that moment that it felt like the game really turned because the Saints get that big stop on fourth down and then they're fired up. And that's when the Saints go from having, you know, their penalty issues and not really throwing it downfield to now now Bridgewater starts hitting his receivers down the field. Yeah, Michael Thomas had never had a, a catch this first half and he was two minutes shy of having one of this game. Ted Ginn caught his, one of his two passes for the, of the game. Um, yeah. Cook caught his one pass and K- Kamara was involved as well. Bridgewater just started to just pick us apart. I don't think, I don't think the defense played that badly and it's, that's odd to say when you can see 33 points, but I think they played really well and KJ Wright, especially he was having the best game of, his, of the year so far for him. But, the plays that he made, they did offset maybe some of his uh, plays yes. that he didn't make. But um, yeah, there were a lot it of guys. It seemed like Bridgewater was desperate to give us an interception. <laughs> it was just dropping short two or three times. It yeah. just didn't quite make it into the hands. So Kamara does get that 29-yard touchdown run where you know, missed tackles by the safeties. They get, the Saints go up 20-7. to seven. <laughs> that's the kind of touchdown you don't see if Earl Thomas is playing safety. He made sure that someone gets a tackle on Kamara before he reaches the end zone. Well, and I don't even know if it, it has, it's something that we haven't really seen from this year's Seahawks either. It, it, once they get inside, well, and that came from outside the red zone, but that was really one of the differences that we saw in this game was that instead of that bend, but don't break, they, they bent and then also broke and, and they were giving up <laughs> touchdowns inside the red zone this time. Yeah, if that happens, then the whole philosophy kind of goes out the window. It, the whole game is predicated on not breaking. And twenty, what was it twenty to seven at half time? It, 
I I didn't want to give up hope because obviously Russell Wilson's still playing quarterback, but that's a big deficit. And it felt like a missed opportunity too at the end of the first half because the Seahawks get the ball back. Uh, they have 30 seconds on the clock. They have two timeouts. Pete apparently was content to go into the locker room down 13 points because they you know, complete a pass over the middle, and then instead of taking that timeout, they throw the ball downfield after Russell dances around a little while, and they hit DK Metcalf for the 50-yard-plus play, which would have put them into field goal position, but instead the, the time time expires. Yeah, it's very odd clock management by Pete. Well, he called a timeout earlier earlier in the, the game to save a delay of penalty, a delay of game penalty, which would have cost us one yard. It didn't <laughs> well, matter. It was on the two yard line, so yeah, you don't you don't want to be backed up that much farther. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then to not call them where, with a possible field goal opportunity is it, it seems strange. And people are saying that Pete's suffering from a concussion. That's why he's. <laughs> it's, it, well, it is unusual for him, but he did acknowledge it in the press conference after the game that he mm. he just didn't expect them to really do anything there at the end of the half. And so I think that's what he was thinking. But if you know, if you're not expecting your team to do anything, I would just take an E if that's what you're going to do. Well, yeah. Why let Russ take shots? I mean, you've got speed guys like Metcalf and Lockett. You've always got a chance of getting a huge play like this. And, it it just frustrates. It's just frustrating that you go to the locker room with two timeouts left. And there was more frustration for Seahawks fans in the second half, but there was also some excitement as the team teased us throughout the third and fourth quarters that they might just be able to pull off the comeback win. Russell Wilson had 250 of his 406 passing yards, and he had two rushing touchdowns in the second half as he did a lot to keep the Seahawks in the game. So we'll come back and we'll talk about that second half effort right after the break. joined by Ross Bell and we are breaking down the Seahawks 33 to 27 loss to the Saints in week three and getting into the second half of this game the Seahawks come out after halftime Saints have the ball because they won the coin toss they defer and they they go on a, a long drive that is aided by a penalty they have the stop uh, they they hold them to a 53 yard field goal and a field goal that's missed by Lutz. And it turns out that Al Woods is lined up over the center. That gives the Saints five yards and a first down, which they use to to run more time off the clock. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater throws a, a pass to Michael Thomas for a one-yard touchdown. Uh, on fourth down, after getting shut, you know, he tries to go over the top. The Seahawks make a stop. But, you know, they get that fourth and one play to put him up 27-7. to seven. They've just taken eight minutes off of the clock. Yeah, this was a, a killer, I think, uh, to, to that field goal. Al Wood should know better than that, but he was barely lined up over the center. It was like a hand and a foot. Yeah. It was, the, it was over. It was a really ticky-tacky call, and I didn't like that one at all. But yeah, they just just milked the clock at every possible opportunity. And to stop them on the one three times, to then just concede a little, like a little flip flip throw basically from Bridgewater to Thomas when he tried to jump over the line it was hilarious he the ball kind of fumbled down to his midriff and as he was looking down he just caught a face full of Bobby Wagner and Puna Ford and that can't have been fun for him <laughs> because if you do if you get the stop there you know then you have I, I feel like a big momentum shift again I mean yeah. you're you're 
you have the ball on the one yard line so that again you're having to to dig yourself out of out of a hole but at least then you're you're still only down by 13. Yeah that's that's manageable 13 points in the second half for a Russell Wilson led team I, I'm, I'm confident in when it got to 27-7 after that it was, oh, it was the, the gray clouds had formed above my head and the next drive that we had it was just there was nothing it was just another one of those holding penalties for a Feddy <laughs> every week um, well and that they actually got bailed out because after that uh, three and out they Harris muffs the punt and then they get it back but then they're not able to do anything with it from there I thought that was the turning point. Yeah. You recover that fumbled uh, punt. I thought, yes, here we go. Then wait, let's, we're in the, within the 30, I think it was, or the 40. Had a chance. But yeah, well, 15 yeah, they got penalty. it inside the 30, and then they take that 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty, yeah. which pushed T2 it back just to wandering midfield. onto the field. Who <laughs> was that um, one was on the field? Aris Tedrick. Yeah, he just wandered right to the middle of the field, high-fiving dudes like he's not, not got care in the world. <laughs> I'm sure we employ someone to stop players coming on the field, don't we? Maybe we need to. Well, yeah, we definitely do after this. 15 <laughs> yards. It kind of t- took us straight out of field goal range, and we never really got anything going on this drive either. Another four and out. Well, it would have been a, a three and out for the Seahawks, but New Orleans was called for a defensive holding, so it gives them a new set of downs. Russell goes over the middle to Disley for 25 yards. Yeah. Then they're down inside the red zone, but they go for it on fourth down. And Russell kind of has the option to either go outside to Tyler Lockett. He has DK Metcalf kind of over the middle, and mm. he goes uh, to the left side to Lockett and just outside uh, the the reach of Tyler Lockett. And so they end up turning it over on downs again. Yeah, if Lockett's two inches taller, that ball nestles nicely in his hands and it's, a, it's game on. But yeah, it was fingertips and it was so frustrating because he was the only guy really open. I think if he'd gone to... Uh, Metcalf that would have got broken up because he was really tightly covered it just you get inside the red zone with this team I think you have to score the way we play football you you cannot give points up and, and they probably would have been fine giving up uh, a touchdown or two inside the red zone had they not allowed the special teams play had they not allowed a fumble return for a touchdown when you're allowing that many touchdowns and, and digging yourself into a hole I when it got to the fourth quarter and they needed to score 20 points and hold the other team, <laughs> hold New Orleans. You're thinking, well, you, you could do it, but... Yeah, you're going to have to score quickly. You're going to have to do it quickly. And they just they, they weren't able to, to score quickly enough. And not only were they not able to score quickly enough, they allowed another touchdown and, and another long drive, really, for you know over five-minute drive for the Saints uh, in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, we got back into it with the... Uh, Russell Keeper. Russell, yeah, he ran yeah. one in, didn't he, uh, there. He looked good. He looked like, not the Russell of old, because he's bulkier now, but he looked <laughs> quick, and he, he was choosing the right kind of lanes to run into. So, yeah, we got back into it, 14-27. But, but, yeah, that took... That was only three minutes uh, to get the punt from the uh, the Saints, and then just another turnover on downs. <laughs> Targeting uh, Malik Turner, of all guys, which was a weird... A weird, it was a weird play, this one, which Pete challenged. Yeah, and Turner, he, I felt like he had the position on the receiver, but he, it seemed like he didn't have an idea of where the ball was going to be. Yeah, I think that was it. He had it, he had it beat, but yeah, he, he, just, he just lost it, I think. And that's the problem with having this sort of depth at wide receiver that 
a guy like Malik Turner is the guy you're going to on fourth down, fourth and one as well. He had a pretty good game last week, but uh, only able to come up with two catches for 19 yards in this game. Yeah, uh, Russell Wilson, who you mentioned, you know, that it felt like he had a solid running game. He finishes just seven carries, 51 yards for Russell. So uh, just two yards behind Chris Carson. <laughs> I'll take that every week from Russell. That's that's enough. That's a couple of first downs in there definitely as well. And it's effective running. Scoring two touchdowns on the ground as yeah. well. So it's not dangerous running either. He knows when to run, when to go down. And he he can slide on our field and not look like he's going to break his legs. <laughs> he, he did He did look much better sliding this week. Uh, yeah, I thought at that point, 27-14, game on. And then we give up another touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then it just there's just not enough time left. No, uh, the defensive pass interference on KJ Wright—he was tripped. He—I don't think that was an intentional play by him at all. He's not going to try and take down the, the receiver. No. He, he kind of stumbled and ended he up was trying him out. to avoid the pick by the tight end. Yes, and, and he kind of successfully maneuvered around that. And I couldn't tell if he if he tripped over the the tight end's foot or if he just slipped and you know took took Kamara down with him just to make sure that it wasn't an easy touchdown. Yeah, and then Kamara runs it in next play with a one-yard run. And then Sean Payton shows his class by trying to get a two-point conversion. <laughs> well, they were but trying Tony to Romo go up was by three touchdowns. It, it, made, it made sense to me. <laughs> yeah, Romo was a bit annoyed at him for doing that on the on the broadcast. But yeah, it makes sense. But there's like four minutes to go. That's true. Does he have that yeah. little faith in his own team. <laughs> There was still the opportunity. I mean, the Seahawks still made it close. You know, they come back and they're, yeah. they're, they go quickly down the field and they get uh, a touchdown within a minute 20. And uh, another, you know, Russell Wilson, eight-yard touchdown run. And then they try the onside kick, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure what that was. It was a weird kick. There were some weird kicks in the game yesterday as well. They tried one in the Ravens game where I think it was Tucker kind of threw it up in the air. To hit it on the, it was a drop kick, but to try and hit it on the backspin, and he just he just booted it straight up in the air and lost the ball. It was really weird. I guess they're just trying to see other ways that they can, without trying to give up too much field position in that case, because there was yeah. still time on the clock. But you know, they get them to the quick three and out. They had the two minute warning to help stop the clock, and mm. they get the ball back with two minutes left. But you know, down twelve points, you're thinking, okay, we got to score quickly. So that way you have a chance for another onside kick. And that was the frustrating part for me was was in that final 30 seconds. I think he tried uh, going to, to Tyler deep um, after. Oh, that, and that was off the of, free play. Uh, uh, that was on the free play. Yeah. He, when you're at 30 seconds, you really need to try and, and, and get into the end zone so you can still have time for the onside kick and still have time to, to do another touchdown drive. But Yeah, you've got someone like Metcalf just – do the Jimmy Graham play from last year. Even Will Disley. Will Disley's a big man and he can hold his own against defensive backs. Just do that Jimmy Graham play where you just loft it up there and let him come down with it. Like I've all the faith that Metcalf can do that. I wasn't too frustrated by that point too, because though because it did seem like it was a game that was out of reach by that point. Yes, they talked pretty much all the way through the second half about how the Seahawks never get beaten by double figures and to bring it within six points, we beat ourselves. We beat ourselves, Brandon. That's the problem. We beat ourselves this week. They didn't beat us. It's a win for them, but it's a loss, yeah. more of a loss for us. Bridgewater took care of the football. 
mm-hmm. although he tried to give it up a couple times. He was trying. Uh, Tamara had a huge game. You have to give a ton of credit to him. Yep. Uh, you have to give credit to the Saints offensive line for protecting Bridgewater. I, that was one of the nice things, too, though. Uh, Russell Wilson not sacked in this game. And, yeah, you know, no sacks at all in this game. Right. Yeah, it was it was kind of wild in that regard. Yeah, that that almost never happens, especially in a Seahawks game. That never happens. But Russ was he was ducking and juking around some defenders and times, but he was getting out of there and looked good. His stat line is incredible for this game. I, this is another case of how yards don't matter, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, clearly four hundred and six, but we still lost four hundred and six yards, a hundred yards rushing on the ground. By all accounts, you'd say if you looked at the two box scores between the two teams, you yes. could see which one outplayed the other one in terms of, of the stat lines. But when, you know, again, you go back to the fumble for the touchdown and the, the punt return, that's you know, two easy touchdowns. And if you don't allow that and you, you're actually make them, making them drive the length of the field or holding on to the ball for a little bit longer in a couple of those cases... Yeah. It makes a it makes a big difference. We had five hundred and fifteen yards to their two hundred and sixty-five and yeah. twenty-six first downs to their fifteen. I can't believe we've lost this game. That that's my biggest emotion coming out of this is just frustration. I'm not angry that we've lost. I'm just frustrated that we, we did this. The Saints defense, they did get a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson. Cam Jordan had eleven quarterback hurries in this game out of the yeah. twenty-four total pressures for the Saints. So, you know, 50 dropbacks and pressured on almost half of the snaps. Um, he, he did well to get away from Davenport. And, you know, he had five pressures. So between those two guys, holy smokes. Yeah, I'm searching the defensive stats here. Like Ziggy Anser's name does not appear once. He was on the field for 18 snaps. Uh, he okay. did get credited for one pressure, but he also got credited for a missed tackle. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Baby Sixteen missed tackles by the Seahawks defense. Wow. Yeah, that's not that's not regular. That's not something we do. Kendricks that's, had four of them. He was flying around the field. He was trying to make the tackles. He was just getting his angles wrong. I think. Yeah. But against a guy like Kamara, did you see uh, Pete's comments today that he needed to see Kamara in person to see how good he was? He didn't believe that he was this good. Ah. Well. Well. I guess now we know. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Pete. Have knife for next time now. I don't think that Pete needed to see him in person. I think I feel like we don't. Shouldn't we all know? <laughs> Pete, Pete watches yeah. football, right? <laughs> I'd hope so. Uh, no sacks by the the defense, but Quentin Jefferson he he had the most pressures. He had five for the team. Uh, Only one tackle for loss as well. Yeah, which is disappointing. But again, Bobby Wagner, just eighteen tackles. Just and I feel didn't that tackle for a loss come like in the fourth quarter? Yeah, it was really late on. It was a joint tackle as well with uh, Rasheem Green and Bobby Wagner. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a disappointing defensive performance. I was annoyed that they didn't get enough pressure on Bridgewater to really trouble him because he looked like he wanted to give us the turnover. So if just getting get his face a little bit more, and some of those balls might end up in Seahawks' hands, but. I don't. Th- there's nothing that you can say we did badly. I don't think it's just sloppy mistakes that can be tidied up. I think yeah, you hope that you learn from the, this game. I, I mean, I can point to a lot of things that they did badly, <laughs> <laughs> but that it does seem good. it's it seems like a lot of those things are fixable. I think is, is yeah, that's part kind of, of what I meant. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that's completely broken about this team. We can fix the things that have gone wrong here. And it is a little bit promising that he didn't have the sacks on Russell, but 
Hmm. Um, if they can, if they can cut down on the pressures too, <laughs> let's. Yeah, that'd be nice. That would be Just nice. Let them have a nice, easy week. One week. Maybe that week's coming. I don't know if it's going to be an easy week with the game coming up against the Cardinals this coming Sunday on a field that the Seahawks uh, has <laughs> not been. It, it's not been a pleasant field for a Seattle to play on. No, it's the Legion of Boom uh, graveyard, isn't it? Basically, yes, yes it it's, is. Uh, it's a horrible place. I think to they go. played a Super Bowl there too, that we won't speak about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh no, Arizona got Cassius Marsh as well, Brandon. What are we going to do? Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, okay. Who are you rooting for this Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> Just, I know you have your affinity for Cassius Marsh. <laughs> I may have to wear my Marsh jersey, but it is a Seahawks Marsh jersey. Okay. Just to, <laughs> yeah, but the, the whole jersey overpowers the number and the name. Well, Ross, before we get on out of here, any takeaways leading up to this game against the Cardinals? Um, to stay positive, if you, if you were to read Seahawks Twitter and social media in general, it's all doom and gloom and things aren't that bad. Yes, the 49ers are 3-0. Yes, the Rams are 3-0. That's kind of expected. The Rams are as good as they were last season, annoyingly, and the 49ers haven't really played anyone of any note. So, yeah, they look fine. Jimmy G still throwing interceptions all over the field. So... It's, it's a long, long way to go yet, and we're not out of this by a long shot. I'm not ready to concede the division to either of those two teams, no. especially when we haven't played either of those teams yet. Yeah, exactly. I, I will join the rest of Seahawks Twitter with doom and gloom <laughs> if they lose this week coming up against Arizona. <laughs> then yeah. then I'm worried. But 2-2 two and two in September, they've, they've had worse um, uh, Septembers to start off the season and still made the playoffs, but gosh... They they need to get the win against Arizona. You know who I want to see in this game coming up, Ross? Chris Carson, hold the ball. <laughs> no, I want to see Rashad Penny back in the lineup. I'm ready. Yeah, it was just a one-week injury for Penny this week, I think. A hamstring injury that came up late in the week. And yeah. I think Friday was his first day on the injury report. And so it was kind of a, a thing where they ran him in pregame. He wasn't good enough to go. And they kept him out of the lineup. So it kind of feels like that was a guy they could have used in this game. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to see more precise as well, to be honest. He looks good catching that ball out of the backfield. I've out always, of the backfield, yeah, for sure. Uh, I've always held between out the tackles. Between the yeah, tackles, I kept... He, he had a couple runs between the tackles, and I'm like, ooh, I hope he's okay. <laughs> he's not a small guy, though. He, I shouldn't no, have to not. be worried about his health. He's not J.D. McKissick small. He's the biggest and heaviest of all of our running backs. Yeah, doesn't that seem is, weird? Yeah, he, he looks like he shouldn't be heavier than Chris Carson, but he is another a whole two kilograms heavier than Chris Carson. I'll yeah. do some deep Wikipedia right now. But, um, and, and Will Disley can cut out the penalties. That was, this yes. was not a good penalty week for Will Disley. No, cut that out, and he's just all he does is score touchdowns and get yards. That'd be great. Just do that. And now through three games, Will Disley is second only to Tyler Lockett for catches this season. 12 catches, and three of those have been for touchdowns, so 25% of them. Really looking forward to that connection continuing. And I will be continuing to put out podcasts throughout this week. Look for the next episode of 3in3out. Three three Use the hashtag 3i3o on Twitter. And follow the host of that show, Clinton Bonner, on Twitter at Clinton Bon. Thanks again to Ross for joining me this week. Follow him on Twitter at RossBell1984. And be sure to jump on over to fieldgoals.com. Alistair Court breaks down the snap counts on offense, defense, and special teams. We mentioned David Moore with his big catch in the first quarter, and we'll be watching to see if his snap counts go up from the 20 he had this last week against the Saints. Also, just how bad was Chris Carson's performance this week? 
Mookie Alexander has the stats, and he shows some clips from two back-to-back disastrous plays in the third quarter by Carson. So check that out, fieldgoals.com. And if you find value in having almost daily Seahawks podcasts, you can help support the effort at getintheflock.com. We'll give you a shout-out on our weekly episode of the Seahawkers podcast at seahawkerspodcast.com. And, of course, you can subscribe to the Field Goals podcast as well as any other NFL podcasts on SB Nation at sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts. Until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks.